Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. As we continue through uh, Philippians, we're in uh, chapter 4. And as we, as we go through, uh, as we've been going through the book of Philippians, I don't necessarily come to the Bible and say, hey, I'm going to do a sermon on money or sermon on anxiety. I, I read the text and I study the text. And from the text, um, the, the sermon is, is formed. And as I've studied God's Word um, through the book of Philippians, today's topic is anxiety. And I kind of have a Kuna Matata personality. I'm kind of laid back, but I want to tell you I was not always that way. When I was younger, I, I struggled tremendously with anxiety to the point that I would have you know, anxiety attacks, and, and some of them were pretty, pretty serious, and um, it seemed to be the, the reaction of choice was welts and rashes and uh, red eyes and just need-to-take-Benadryl-type experiences, and, and the, every, everything under the sun could trigger it. It just wasn't one thing, you know, it just my body would just just take on anxiety and um, and just run with it. And I went to a Bible study one night, and we were talking and praying for people. And the, um, they asked for prayer requests, and I shared my prayer requests. And I was kind of caught off guard because I was pretty close to the guy that was leading the Bible study, and he was not the type of person who just uh, laid hands on people and prayed for them to be healed. But the Holy Spirit uh, spoke to my friend that night, and he said, Mark, come, come sit down. And I sat down in the middle of the group, and they prayed for me, and God healed me. I mean, I believe it just because I have not, I have just, it's almost like there was just a shift in what I thought about, my thinking changed, the way I looked at things changed, and God truly delivered me from any type of significant anxiety through that experience. And as I listened to that song, you know, the God of miracles, my prayer today is it's not the words that I say that are going to give you a miracle over anxiety, but it's your relationship with God and just trust in the Holy Spirit. Because I don't even remember what the Bible study was about that night. I just know that my friend, you know, he laid hands on me and a couple people cried, praying for me. I felt their empathy. I felt their compassion, their love. And I realized that I was surrounded by people who wanted me to be healed. And God, in his sovereignty, he chose to just relieve that anxiety and I want God to do that for you. There's two people here in the room. You know, there's those who are kind of, you know, you're, hey, life is cool, you know, kuna matata. 
And there's a struggle with anxiety. And, and honestly, I probably couldn't pick out who's who. But if you are at peace and, and, you, and God has just blessed you, I encourage you just to pray. Because I can tell you from the three and a half or three and three-fourths of the time that you know, I've been here in this church, I realize anxiety is a challenge. And as I've talked to people at the school that I work at, several people are just uh, overwhelmed with uh, anxieties. And if, if God would touch each person in this room, it would be a tremendous miracle and it would be a well-received miracle. So as we look at God's word and we talk about God's word, I pray that you will just pray and just ask God to just, just do a supernatural work. Sometimes God does something like that, and sometimes God works through a process. There's been areas in my life where God has delivered me through a process. And I'm going to put forth a process in the context that God can also do it right away. And we'll take either one. Amen? We'll take a growth and a healing, you know, over time through a process over anxiety. Or we'll take a supernatural work of God where he just relieves you of the anxiety. As we look at this, I want you to think about... Um, Paul, so what are you worrying about today? What are you worrying about? Are you worrying about something? You know, Paul was in prison when he wrote this. So I'm not saying he was worrying about being in prison, but it would have been a circumstance that would have been pretty troubling if you were trying to reach the Jewish people, the Gentile people, if you were trying to plant churches and you found yourself in prison unable to do that. So Paul wrote to the church at Philippi while in prison, and these are the words that he wrote. He said, be anxious while he's sitting in a prison. And I, I did show you a picture of a first century shackle. I could not find a good picture of a first century prison. I was hoping to find one of those. I saw a movie one time on Paul when he was in prison, and it was not like our prisons. It was pretty, pretty rough looking. But he was shackled to a guard when he was in prison. So he got to witness to a lot of people. Because when they changed guards, he got another person he could witness to. Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. See, when you are set free from anxiety and God gives you his peace, and God's peace runs through your life, all of a sudden you can think of honorable, righteous, pure, lovely thoughts, excellent thoughts. You know, just imagine, you know, when you, you've been inside, and you, you know, you're inside all day, and you don't have a window, and then you go outside, and it's, you know, you went to work and it was dark possibly, or you went to school and it was dark, 
and you went into a building and you didn't see, and then at about 3 or 4 o'clock or maybe at lunchtime you walk outside and it's beautiful outside and there's flowers and, and it's, it's lovely, it's awesome, it's great. That's what it is to be delivered from anxiety and then, then to be able to see the world and all the good things, that, that anxiety, because anxiety keeps people from seeing and participating in life. It cripples people. And God wants to deliver us from anxiety. He wants to give us peace of mind. He wants to restore us to what he intended for us, to live a life of love, joy, and peace. And Paul said, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Paul wasn't just telling them. You know, his life was an example of what he was saying. You know, you could watch Paul. You could see him suffer. You could see him go through persecution. You could see how he handled things. And he was an example. And then he says, and the God of peace will be with you. There are some steps, and basically, I'm going to walk through this with some steps. If you're taking notes, I've made less writing, and I'm going to move slow enough so that you can take notes. There's some steps here right from God's word. Prepare a plan to seek God's peace rather than anxiety. I encourage you to set aside some time and just pray and have a plan. If you are prone to worry, if you are prone to overreact or to go extra on a situation and escalate a situation, if you know that this is a challenge, and part of it is just coming out of denial and just admitting it, just saying, yes, you know, I do tend to become hyped up and to, to move uh, to the next level and, and to escalate everything even things of a smaller nature, or things trouble me in my mind and nobody knows it, I dwell on it and I go over it and over it in my head. And it keeps me from sleeping because I'm going over these things and I'm worrying about them. Well, you have to plan and prepare and build up. If you were playing a game, if you were in a football game and you knew the other team was going to do certain plays, you would prepare for those plays. So that when you saw that formation, you would recognize it. And what God wants you to do is to pray and trust him and to devise strategies so that you can deal with these attacks of the enemy. He's very methodical in the way he attacks us. He will do something and do it and do it as long as it works. And when it doesn't work, he'll regroup. He'll leave you for a season, the Bible says. And then he'll regroup with a different temptation. Once you're strong in an area, he doesn't, I mean, he might come back later, but for the most part, once you've, you know, once you've devised a, a response, once you've trusted God and you reject his temptation, Paul said it like this, stop worrying. Do not, do not be full of anxiety. Stop. He says, cut it out. Once you devise a strategy through the Holy Spirit, through trusting God, where you deal with it, and you arrest it right on the spot, and then you respond in a godly manner, the enemy will move on to a different temptation. 
And that's as long as we're in this life, we're going to have temptations. We want to move on from the giving in to the, the uh, temptation of anxiety. We want to grow strong in that area. The next step is to pray to God for peace in your circumstances. So we're going to prepare and we're going to put worry on hold when a situation comes. We're just going to stop. We're going to pause. We're not going to act. See, what happens a lot of times is anxiety comes, and rather than pausing, we give in to those fears, and we roll right along. And before we know it, we've said things we shouldn't say, or we've thought things in form like this, this cycle of worry, worrisome thoughts that we are just rolling down. And if you don't put a check on that, it can even move into physical manifestations. You might start sweating. You might get short of breath. You might have an allergic reaction like I did. That's the nature of anxiety. It's God's sign that this is not my will for you. You're, this is not what I want your body to be doing. And when we do this, it causes great trouble. So we want to stop, and then we want to pray. Pray to the God of peace, for peace. God is a strong tower. God is a refuge. God is our security. And in order to, to grow spiritually, in order to overcome these things, we have to look past ourselves. If we are looking at ourselves, we're going to struggle. But when we focus on God and look to God, we will find strength in him. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to pray to God for peace in our, in our circumstances. Step three, praise God with joy despite your circumstances. Many years ago when Amy and I first became parents, uh, we were, I was older as a parent, but I was still inexperienced. Golly, the stress of having that first child, praise the Lord. Chloe started off never sick. Everything I thought, praise the Lord, we got a baby that's never going to be sick. That didn't last long. We went to the pottery back when it was still dirt, a dirt floor. Went there with my mom. We hung out all day on a Saturday. Came Sunday morning. We woke up, and our little, our little baby had 102 fever, and she was crying. That was her first fever. And it just got worse. And, and we panicked. I mean, we panicked in the worst way. Got in the car. We started going to CHKD. I was going so fast. Forgive me, Mr. Steve. I got pulled over. <laughs> I got pulled over. Police officer saw that crying baby. Very graciously said, sir, please slow down and stop running red lights. <laughs> and get to the hospital, it's right around the corner, alive, get there alive, <laughs> you know? When we are at peace, when we know the God of peace, we can bring peace into a situation when other people are not at peace. Praise the Lord. And that's what that officer did. We went in there, and it was very, very stressful. And it was actually serious. They put an uh, EMT in the room, and, and I was smart enough to realize that they were concerned that if she stopped breathing, they would need to, to do something. So I couldn't handle it. I walked out of the room. I walked outside. 
And I just started praying. I called up one of my brothers. You know, I told him the situation. I called my brother who had, who had raised a child. She was born with undeveloped lungs, so he had experience dealing with anxiety related to a child. And he talked to me, said some words of encouragement. And, and the thing I realized at that moment, I couldn't change those circumstances. I couldn't change them. So I had a choice. I can continue to worry. I can continue to doubt. Or I can praise God. So I, I said, you know, if the enemy is behind us, I know we suffer trials and tribulation in life, but I do believe the devil attacks us. I said, I'm going to at least get on his nerves because I'm going to praise God and I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship even in my circumstances. So I walked back into the hospital room. Amy looked at me. She's like, I really need you in here. I was so overwhelmed. You know, it was hard for me. You know, I needed to be there for her as well as for my child to pray. And I just say, well, let's, let's just praise the Lord. Let's just praise God, even in these circumstances. You know, and, and that situation passed. And as somebody told me one time, you know, when I was younger, I was in Sunday school, the Sunday school teacher said, you know, you're going to get sick and you're going to get better and you're going to get sick again. And, and, you know, it's just, it's part of life. It's part of life, sickness. And, and we have some ups and downs in life. And, and Chloe, we, they sent her home and things got better, you know. Praise the Lord. I could have just given in to that and continued to worry. It didn't change anything. It didn't change anything. So when you're in a tough situation, rather than just pour out fear and anxiety from your mouth, praise God. Thank God for what you can be thankful. Paul says, I'm thankful that the gospel is advancing. I'm thankful that people are hearing the gospel. He didn't say, oh, I'm in this prison. It's so horrible. You know, these foolish people that arrested me. He didn't just speak all the negative things that he could have. He praised God. He gave God thanks. And that's why he says, don't be anxious, but through prayer and supplication, make your requests made known to God and give thanks. So give thanks for the good things in your life. You might have anxiety over one matter, but there's probably eight or nine things that are going well. There's plenty of things. And if you don't have good things going on right now that you can think about, there are good things going on all around you. You can praise God for things that are going on. and Praise God that so-and-so is growing spiritually. Praise God that so-and-so got saved. So think of the praise rather than the pain. See, your pain, God can change your pain. God can ease your pain. And God can heal you. But sometimes we get so focused on ourselves that that's all we see. And then we start manifesting. We start speaking it. And it escalates and it grows. God wants us to praise. He wants us to pray. And he wants us to pray. And to praise him. The next thing is practice the peace of God. There's a little book called Practicing the Presence of God. It's written by a guy named, he's lived a long time ago. His name was Brother Lawrence. We don't refer to people like that anymore. So you know that's a really old book. And it's a real small book. 
and it can be read really quick, but he was a monk, and what he found in his book that he wrote is he said, I found that God's presence is as real to me while I'm washing dishes as when I am in the sanctuary praising God. If you will practice the peace and presence of God, that will be a shield around you from so many anxieties. As you go through life, if you will focus on the closeness, the intimacy that you have with God as a Christian, and if you don't have that, ask God to forgive you for sin. You know, let him cleanse you from sin. And then surrender yourself to him. Even if you're saved, surrender your will to do his will. And that will invite the peace of God. God said, he who is broken and contrite of spirit, I will not despise. If you and I will humble ourselves and seek God and cry out to God in humility and repentance, we will feel his presence. I have never, since I've become a Christian, I have never experienced a distance from God when I was truly repentant. That when I repent of my sin, when I ask God to forgive me, when I humble myself before God and I ask him for help in an area of weakness, I feel the presence of God because God is there. God is there. And because he is there, he allows me to feel that manifestation of his presence. If you will invite God's presence and peace and carry that with you into your job, carry that with you into your yard work, carry that with you to the church, carry that with you to your relationships, in whatever you're doing, carry the peace of God with you and that will shield you, that will be a shield for you to, towards anxiety. Okay, step five. Protect your mind, protect your mind from thoughts that challenge your peace. What is it that gets you going down the wrong path? Is it people that you don't need to be around? Are there shows that you don't need to watch? Is there music that you don't need to listen to? Are there places that you don't need to go? Or are there hot buttons? Is it your finances? Does the devil, every time, you know, when, when your wife or husband walks in and tells you about a bill, does that spike your anxiety? Then realize you need to protect your mind from that. You need to devise a strategy to deal with that. Is it worry about grades? Worry about your future? Worry about your health? Worry about all types of things. Worry about your relationship with the Lord. Some people worry about their relationship with the Lord. Perhaps they love God so much, they want to be so close to God that they feel like they don't measure up. God loves us. God invites us to a relationship. Protect your mind from those thoughts that challenge those, those fears. How do you protect your mind with God's word? Two ways. One, memorize the Word of God. You read the Bible, you study, you pray for understanding, you, you apply it to your lives, and I encourage you to memorize God's Word. You can learn Scripture. It's not just children who learn Scripture. 
I am so excited that I get to teach. I get to teach one class where we have a Bible verse every week. And I get to learn the Bible verse. And they even bump it up. They give the kid two Bible verses, which I think is great. So the more of God's word that you memorize. There's been so many times in my life when a situation came up and I would hear a scripture just play out in my head, telling me what I need to do. You know, because our circumstances in life are the same circumstances that other people experience. And God's word is written to address all of our needs. Every spiritual need that we have is addressed in the word of God. It's addressed in the Old Testament history. It's addressed in the Old Testament prophets. It's addressed in the book of Psalms. It's addressed in the gospels. It's addressed in the epistles. God's word over and over has spiritual truths that when you study them and memorize them and learn them, it applies directly to the situations that you face. And as you meditate on the word of God, as you think about that, it will fill your mind with a protection of peace from anxiety. How do you protect your mind with God's Holy Spirit? Listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will challenge you. The Holy Spirit will convict you. And the Holy Spirit will comfort you. When you are hurting, if you will humble yourself in your spirit and just cry out to God, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. If you're doing wrong, the Holy Spirit will convict you. And if you respond to him and listen to him, the Holy Spirit will challenge you. It will cast vision. You will say, man, I want to do this for the Lord. I want you to live in the area of challenge. You're going to need comfort at times. You're going to need conviction. But may we have more challenges. May we trust God more so that his comfort is kind of with us. May we respond in obedience so we're not constantly having to be corrected like a child. So that God can challenge us. Challenges are more exciting. It's more exciting to think about things you can do for the Lord. And to grow and to reach other people. I want to see us reach people and help people and develop people to be men and women of God. Yeah, when we get off path, we're going to need correction. And when we're hurting, we're going to need comfort. And the Holy Spirit does that. How do you protect your mind with God's people? As you are part of the body of Christ. Listen to those who have a proven track record of peace in difficult circumstances. Find people that you can talk to and trust that can encourage you when you're challenged. People that you can uh, pray with and grow with. You know, I am putting together a, a small group ministry for next year. Really excited about it. Everybody that I've talked to who have done small groups in their church that knew what they were doing and trusted God with it saw tremendous benefits. And I just, I'm going to start talking a little bit about that. You know, there's so many things that we've done here that they've been like waves to grow. One of the things that when we first came here, you know, and talking to uh, Tyler and, and different people was just the importance of consistency, of preaching God's word, being consistent, you know, and we've grown in that area. And then the band has gone from one to ten 
the band's gone, and then we have other bands. After I finish preaching, we're going to hear from Vintage Cross in the youth band. Uh, they're playing over at Vito's December 5th. So God has grown the music. God has grown some of our special events. In uh, February, we're going to have the Valentine's Day dinner, again, for couples. We, we're not going to get to do the Christmas parade this year. But we, we have events. We're going to have our Thanksgiving dinner, praise the Lord, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And these events build people up. They bring people together. And I say all that to say I feel like the next step for us is small groups. You know, because in small groups, people are developed as leaders. Because you, it's like mini church. You can have a Bible discussion. You can have a little meal together if you want or a snack together. You can have music and it grows people together. It builds people up. If I could just help each person to grow spiritually, this is what it would look like. Each person would have a personal Bible study where they, they were alone with the Lord every day. And then they would have a close friend that they talked to about the Lord, maybe a couple close friends. And then they would be part of a small group where they could be built up together. And then they would come and be part of a celebration where they worshiped God in freedom and they heard the word of God preached and they heard people worship God. You know, all of those different layers build you up spiritually and protect you from the sin that tries to destroy us, the sin of anxiety. When we give into it over and over, we sin against God. And it's hard to use that word with that, but it is because Paul says, do not be anxious. Stop worrying, Jesus said. Don't worry about tomorrow. He told us to do this. But he didn't just say it and leave us alone. He's there. He's right there with us. He's in the boat. He might be sleeping, but he's in the boat. You might have to shake him. Just come over there. Lord, I'm shaking you in faith. There's some waves out there. And some of us need to jump out of the boat like Peter and take some challenges. God wants to do some great things. Let's not let this be a concern. Do the practical. Take care of things physically, spiritually, mentally. You might need to talk to somebody to be encouraged. You might need to visit the doctor. Sometimes they're physical. I know I had a roommate in college who was just struggling with anxiety. And we went together to do our student teaching. And it got so bad, he was, he was bent over in the classroom trying to teach. And he, he struggled so much with it. And we were very fortunate. We were staying with a family that was friends with a, a gastrologist. I didn't know what a gastrologist was at that time. It was kind of humorous to me. I didn't know somebody. <laughs> it was the, the coolest thing. It's like, what? What type of doctor is that? But anyway, this man said, it's your diet. And I remember his wife said, you know what, Mark, and you deal with, you deal with anxiety too. You just manifest yours differently. And as I've grown older, I've realized that, that what she said was true. That this guy was, uh, his diet was off, and that was causing his stress to his stomach and all. And they prescribed him a diet, and things got better. And this gentleman went on to have a successful year uh, doing his student teaching. 
And God has used him in ministry over the years. God wants us to deal with things and get the help that we need, whether, you know, mentally or physically, you know, and spiritually. God wants us to grow and to enjoy the plans that he has for us. And this is not meant to be something that keeps us, an obstacle that keeps us from doing God's will. Five steps to find peace over anxiety. Prepare. Pray. Praise God. Practice the peace of God. And protect your mind from things that bring anxiety. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.